بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين جزاكم الله خير first and foremost to the Salam community for hosting tonight's event we ask Allah to fill this event with more blessing with more barakah than we could have ever imagined we ask Allah to accept all of our efforts and we ask Allah to overlook any of our shortcomings in the Alameen. Rabbana taqabal minna innaka anta samil alim wa tab alayna innaka anta tawab al-rahim amin rabbil alameen. Secondly, I want to thank uh, our Qurra, uh, a big thank you to Qari Adfan for leading Maghrib prayer, Maghrib namaz, also reciting tonight, uh, uh, reciting Qur'an for opening this portion of the event and then inshallah also for uh, for Aisha, and also thank you to his big brother, uh, Qari Ridwan, mashallah, for reading the, uh, the translation and for always being a kind and supportive older brother. I love us both of you. And Qari Muntaha, we'll, we'll rope you in next time. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way. If you, like, <laughs> we're talking about ideas for Jum'ah. Maybe he'll do it then, he'll do the khutbah, he'll lead the prayer. Mashallah, this is a, a trio of, of barakah. May Allah bless all of you and your parents and your family members and uh, your loved ones, and may Allah gather all of you, may Allah gather all of us in Jannah, Amin Rabbil Alameen. The topic tonight has to, there are two components to it. One is the joy, uh, the joy of being Muslim and the reward that Allah has promised the believer. So one has to do with this life and one has to do with the next. Before I get to that, I want to very briefly uh, plug Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. I want to, on behalf of Dr. Ahmed Bangura, the, uh, the founder of, um, of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa back in 1996, as I think some of you know, back in July, I think it was July 31st, there was an event that was hosted here at Salam for Ihsan Foundation, specifically to, to work towards raising money for the Ihsan Community College of Guinea. And mashallah, tabarakallah, $8,000 have been uh, have been donated towards that cause and it technically it takes about 15,000 for a just a classroom uh, in connection with that project so I'm just mentioning that there happens to be a table at the back if anybody wants to gather more information or ask any questions afterwards then I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions that I can and there's more information back there in general, we ask Allah to make us from among those who He loves, and we ask, we ask Allah to make us from among the Muhsineen, Amin Rabbil Alameen. The, the specific ayat that were recited tie in perfectly with the topic and also the discussion. These ayat tie in perfectly with the topic because Allah talks about in this life, those who say their Lord is Allah, and they remain steadfast, they remain upright vertically, but they also tread the straight path of istiqamah, of coming closer to Allah Azza wa Jal as best they can. Now, that path is straight, but there are going to be ups and downs even as we go down that straight path. I think we all know this. If we're around the right people, then not if, but when we fall down, at times we fall flat on our faces, at times we straight up belly flop, at times we just... We, we, we make this mistake or the other or whatever it may be. If we're just by being around, if we're around the right people, just by being around the right people, just by having the right company, naturally, whether they know it or not, they're going to lift us up to get back up even after we fall down. 
they may not even be aware of it. They may not even consciously lift you up, but a person may be feeling down on themselves. Maybe on a Thursday night, they went and they participated, basically in college night, they went and partied somewhere, and maybe they somehow dragged themselves to Jum'ah, even though, of course, shaitan wants to kick us when we're down, the nafs wants to kick us when we're down, and shaitan wants us to think, how can you go for Jum'ah when you just drink alcohol last night and you just smoke this and that and whatever and, and shay- because the end goal of shaitan he wants to keep a person doing bad and he wants them to turn away from Allah's mercy as he did we ask Allah to protect us from that shaitan wants to continuously pull someone down when they're already down he wants to kick us when we're down let's say they drag themselves to go for Jum'ah just by going for Jum'ah just by seeing hopefully the right people and they see their smiles and they're, they're greeted with salam, with the cheerful face of the Prophet taught us and, and encourages us, just by being around the right people, maybe even at a gathering like this, just by being around the right people, they find themselves in their heart, they find themselves feeling a little bit better. They find their emotional state, their spiritual state, slowly but surely elevating and increasing, just by being around the right people. In, in these ayat, Allah mentions in connection with this life, for those, Allah mentions two things. So, in connection with dunya, Allah actually keeps it pretty short. That's it. Allah says, those who say their Lord is Allah, and they remain steadfast. Very short, succinct, to the point. But then you look at the reward that ends up coming after that, it's much longer. So what is reserved for those, and this ties in with the ayat that we heard, what is reserved for those who say their Lord is Allah and they remain steadfast as best they can. Allah says for them, as we heard in the ayat, for them at the time of their death, so has to do with the time that we're living and breathing. If they do that, and may Allah make us from among them, when, when it comes time for the soul to leave the body, Allah mentions that here. So when they say their Lord is Allah, they remain steadfast. At the time of their death, the angels descend upon them saying, don't fear, don't grieve. If someone moves to a new country, there's a lot of worry and concern naturally. There's fear of the unknown for us as human beings. If someone moves to a new city, if someone moves to a new school, a new job, there's this type of discomfort. Imagine moving from one world to another, one realm to another, from dunya to akhirah, Naturally, there's going to be this extremely heightened sense of fear, anxiety, concern. What, what am I getting into? What have I prepared for this moment? Allah mentions, because these were people who prepared, this is one of the blessings that they have, and then the blessings continue. Allah mentions, the first blessing that's mentioned, at the time of their death, angels descend upon them saying, don't fear, don't grieve. <clears throat> don't fear or grieve. Rather, so it's not just, there's no bad news waiting for you. Just the fact that there's no bad news is a massive blessing. You look in Surah Safat, <clears throat> when Allah mentions that there are these people, good company, right? Good, these people hanging out in Jannah. And Allah mentions, literally, they're drinking white wine. They're hanging out. And they have this amazing food. And they're just in this, literally, this, this heavenly situation. And one of them says, you know, I used to have a friend who I used to hang out with. I wonder what happened to him. I used to have a friend. 
I wonder what happened to him. So Allah gives him the ability to see this friend who is fi al-jahim. In the middle of the fire, may Allah protect us from that. What he says to that friend, that one bad friend, so numerically, this is one. He mentions in Jannah, I had this one bad friend. I wonder what happened to him. Allah shows him what happened to him. That one, again, not a hundred thousand, not a massive number, one. That one, one bad friend can, can drag you into hell, one good friend can drag you into Jannah. May Allah make us from among them, Amir Rabbil Alameen. He mentions when he sees that friend, Fi Sawa'il Jahim, and then the scene shifts. Imagine a movie. He looks back. So he, he tells that friend in Jahannam, Tallahi is like Wallahi with extra hot sauce. I swear by Allah, you almost dragged me down there with you. And if it wasn't for the favor, the blessing of my Lord of Allah, I would have been there with you. And then the scene shifts. The camera zooms out and it repositions. Now he looks back at his Jannah friends. What does he say? Like before this, the scene is they have these amazing fruits and they have these amazing drinks and amazing. But after he sees that one, he looks back at them. He doesn't say, it's such a blessing that we have these amazing clothes, which is true. It's such a blessing we have this amazing food and fruits and, and white wine and this, that, and the other. He doesn't mention any of that. When he looks back at them, what does he say after seeing that? We don't have to deal with that? Just the fact that we don't have to deal with that is a massive, it's a massive blessing in and of itself. SubhanAllah. In this, in this context, in these ayats, just by not having to worry about that, not having to deal with that, is a massive blessing in and of itself. But then Allah is Al-Kareem, we just talked about His names. Allah is the most generous. These angels, they continue to say, Not only do you not have anything bad to worry about, on the flip side, rather rejoice in the good news of Jannah, of Paradise, which you have been promised. And then the next ayah, where your supporters in dunya wa in this worldly life and in the hereafter. And you'll have whatever your souls desire, and there you'll have whatever you ask for. This is, this is really incredible. Why? Look at what Allah says after this. So not only do you have nothing to worry about, you're promised Jannah, you're guaranteed Jannah. And in Jannah, you get whatever you want, you get whatever you ask for. This is literally everything that you can ask for, everything that you can imagine. How does Allah describe that? Nuzulam min rahim This is incredible, subhanAllah. And accommodation from Allah who is the forgiving and the merciful. We don't make it into Jannah if we're not forgiven. We don't make it into Jannah except by Allah's mercy. And we ask Allah to make us from among those who are granted into Jannah as people who are forgiven by Allah's mercy. How does Allah describe getting whatever you want in Jannah? This is an accommodation. Nuzul is like if someone is traveling and then they arrive home, like think of back in the day, and let's say they're on their camel and they arrive in the city, they get home, 
and let's say their friend is there, their family member is there, and as they're getting down, they may offer them some snacks. I think that's a good word. Some kind of accommodation, some kind of some kind of snack, maybe some you know some dates, maybe a little a little a little something. It's not even the whole meal. So Allah is saying nowadays we would say if you're on an airplane, right? There may be the meal component of so-called food, right? The nuzul is like the peanuts. So Allah is saying, ending up in Jannah, you have nothing to worry about. Ending up in Jannah, you get whatever you want. You get whatever you ask for. This this is just the appetizer. That's peanuts. So it makes you wonder, like, dot, 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 subhanAllah. Like, what? Ya Allah, help us to get there because we can only imagine what would, what would be beyond that. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادًا SubhanAllah, so Allah's Al-Kareem, Allah's Al-Ghafoor, Allah's Al-Rahim. I wanted to handpick these ayat because they tie in so beautifully with the topic because the topic has to do with dunya, identifying as a Muslim, the blessings of being Muslim, the joy of Islam. The joy of Islam. And then on top of that, the reward for the believer. We can find more details, we don't get to them now, we don't have time. There are more details very beautifully listed out in Surah Al-Rahman, Surah 55, and the Surah after that in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Surah 56. Allah mentions in detail that, and in both surahs there are three groups, two good groups and then one not so good group. In Surah Al-Rahman, Allah mentions the ideal situation first, وَمِن دُونِهِمَا جَنَّتَانِ After that, so first, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ For those who feared standing in front of Allah, and for those who feared the maqam of Allah, the, the, the status, the standing of Allah, the station, who Allah is, Allah says for them they get two gardens, and the two here is figurative, they, they get gardens upon gardens. You could put it that way. Allah mentions details regarding them. And then after that, وَمِن دُونِهِمَا جَنَّتَانِ And then below them, there are other people, they also have gardens upon gardens. Absolutely amazing. Everyone in Jannah thinks they have the best situation. But Allah is making it clear, even then, there are distinctions between the best of the best and the good. If, if we end up in either category, alhamdulillah, so long as we avoid the other category. Before those two ideal categories in Surah Al-Rahman, Allah mentions the category we want to avoid. This is just some food for thought. In the next surah, Surah Waqi'ah, Allah mentions, السابقون, السابقون. Allah mentions those at the forefront. They're at the forefront of doing all kinds of good. And then Allah mentions, people of the right. And then Allah mentions, people of the left. How many groups are there? Three. Three. How many in, in which surah? So in, in, in Surah Waqi'ah, السابقون, so those at the forefront, the, the, the front runners, the forerunners, the front liners, he might say, Asabiqun, Ashabul Yameen, the people of the right, and the third, Ashabul Shiman, the people of the left. And, and each one mentions details. This is what you really want. This is also what you want. This is what you really don't want. So there, there, we won't get into it now, but if anyone wants to visit those sort of Allah mentions in detail regarding the gardens and the cushions and the silk and the, the clothing and the fruits and it's, it's amazing. SubhanAllah, may Allah make us from among the people of Jannah and Rabbil Alameen. So that has to do with the reward. We can look into that more on our own time after this, inshallah. But there's also this incredible joy. It ties in with the last question, actually. Uh, or one of, one of the questions. What, what was the last question? Oh, that, that's if you could ask Allah for one 
thing. If you could offer anything in this life, what would it be? What was the question before that? Uh, when you talk about Islam to non-Muslims, what, what, good, what good news about Islam do you share with them? Mm -hmm. There you go, that's the one. Okay. That's the one. What, what's beautiful about Islam is that, and mashallah, there were some incredible answers mentioned earlier. Is that okay? Uh, it satisfies both the mind and the heart. In this ayah, Allah mentions inviting to the way of Allah, both in ways that ways that make sense with wisdom. You also have to do so in in a, in a beautiful way. So there there are answers to questions that will satisfy the intellect. There's the logical satisfaction in the answers in Islam to the questions. There's also the component that pleases the heart, that gives peace to the heart, that brings joy to the heart. There's the theoretic, there's for sure the time and the place for the theoretical answers. How do we know God exists? If God created everything, then who created God? And how do we answer that question? And all of these are more intellectual. And they're very good, solid answers that we have to answer those questions. We also have elements, this is how rich our deen is, they're in addition to that, not instead, in addition to that, there are elements in our deen, both are found within the Qur'an. But Qur'an especially has to do with soothing the heart. It plays such a major role in soothing the heart of the person. SubhanAllah, what's amazing, even if someone doesn't understand what's being recited, literally just by listening to Qur'an, especially if you get some good quality noise-canceling headphones, Turn off the lights and just listen to Qur'an. Even if someone doesn't understand, even if someone is not Muslim, there are cases where it has such a profound impact on them where it brings them so much peace. They have no idea what's being recited. So that there's that positive impact even without the meaning. Imagine with the meaning on top of that, subhanAllah. There's a joy that comes with Islam that cannot be found in anything else. Plain and simple. It won't be found in any other path of life, it won't be found in any other ideology, any other you know, theoretical philosophy, this, that, or the other. There's everything in Islam to satisfy the mind, the brain, as well as, as, well as the heart, especially the heart. Why are there people who have everything material, yet you still find them converting to Islam? You still find them accepting Islam? People may have all kinds of wealth and riches, and, and there are many examples of this within our society. You have Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, formerly Chris Jackson. He played at LSU along with Shaq, our brother, Shaquille O'Neal. He was already in the NBA. He was already a professional athlete, already making all kinds of money. And then he became Muslim. SubhanAllah, Hakim Olajuwon from Nigeria, initially he was born and raised Muslim, entered the NBA as a Muslim, but he wasn't really practicing until he was already in the league for several years. Then he reconnected with his faith, and then he completely transformed for the better, mashallah, as a person. And Allah gave him the gift of two championships. That's another story for another day. But the point is, he had access to this and that, and, but there's still this hole in the heart that cannot be filled with anything other than Allah. It cannot be filled with anything other than the remembrance of Allah. It can't be filled with anything other than having that genuine, sincere connection with Allah Azza wa Through that, that brings us joy and peace in this life. And on top of it, 
On top of that, our deen makes sense. And on top of that, look at the reward that's waiting for us. It's incredible. There's so much good. Literally, we find the dua, رَبَّنَا أَتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ We ask Allah for both. Good in this life, and good in the next life, and protection from, from the fire. These ayat illustrate both sides of the coin. This life and the next. It mainly focuses, this passage mainly focuses on the next life. But even in this life, how is it people can hang on to that statement of saying their Lord is Allah? How can they maintain thumma staqam? Okay, they say their Lord is Allah. This is a Meccan surah too, by the way. So even saying your Lord is Allah was a major difficulty at that time. And then on top of that, how did they manage, how do people until now manage to remain steadfast? We find a very precise answer in Surah Tawbah. Allah mentions two things. One is vertical, so to speak. One is horizontal. O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah. So prioritize your relationship with your Maker, with Allah. And then socially, horizontally, be with good people, be with righteous people, be with, be with the truthful. I may, I may not be Imam Shafi'i, he said that, I, I love the righteous and I don't consider myself to be from among them. SubhanAllah. Even if we, we may not be, I don't think any of us are where we would want to be in terms of our deen. The reality is we, we know ourselves and we may think that, you know what, I could probably do this a little bit more, I could probably work on that. We're aware of ourselves, the struggle's real, God help us all. If we can just be around the right people, then, Ya Allah, maybe by your grace and your mercy, I'll be included when you forgive them and you have mercy on them, just by being in their proximity, just by, just by being there, maybe that barakah can rub off on me. You have a beautiful hadith Qudsi at the end of it. What, the, what, the, what does Allah say when the, there are a group of believers and the angels ascend to Allah and they tell Allah what they were doing even though Allah knows best and they tell Allah what they were asking for even though Allah knows best and Allah mentions that He's forgiven them. This group of people, remembering Allah, you know, doing tasbih and asking Allah for Jannah, protection from Jahannam, asking Allah for forgiveness. At the end of it, what do the angels say? But there was this person with them who's not really a good person. Allah says, even that person is forgiven. La yashqa SubhanAllah. Just by being there, no one leaves the gathering of these truly good people. They are good to their core. May Allah help us to be around them. May Allah make us from among them, Amir Rabbil Alameen. Just by this person who had all kinds of mistakes, just by being in their proximity, Allah includes them in, his, in the generosity of His forgiveness. And that person may have been casually passing by. They may not have been there for a majlis. They may not have been there for a halaqah. They may not have been there for a talk, a reminder. For They may not have been there for that. They may have been the person catering the food. They may have just been passing by, they're serving you know, some sweets, some drinks, they just stop by and they know their intention. I don't care about the reminder. I'm just waiting for the gulab jamin afterwards. I'm just waiting for the kushari. I'm just waiting for the biryani. I'm just waiting for the, for the, 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 the chicken and waffles. Right? I'm, I'm, and they know, I'm just here for that. Like in their heart, they may not even care about the other stuff. Nothing is mentioned in that hadith qudsi regarding their intention. They made a lot of mistakes, they were in the proximity of the right people, they're forgiven too.
So we may not be where we want to be, but let me at least be around the right people. Let me, let me just be in their proximity, be in their company. I can at least love them. I can at least love people who are, are doing good. For the sake of time, we can bookmark things there. But before we do, uh, myself and Sidi Muntaha, we were talking about the last question. If you can ask Allah for anything in this life, what would it be? So I asked him that question. He said, Jannah. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a simple answer, the straight to the point. And that reflects what, what's truly valued in a person's heart. I want to read a story that connects with the answer from this book. Uh, with, so, Dr. Ahmed Ben-Gura, he's the, the founder of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. May Allah bless him and his family. Uh, he's also an author. And one of, I have one of his books here with me, Indelible Footprints. It's a beautiful uh, book written about the life of the Prophet I want to, and the way that it's organized is nice. Especially if, if you have a halaqa or you have a khatira or because it's broken down into very, uh, very impactful short stories. So I'll read one of those short stories that ties in with that last question. The title of it, I feared that I will not see. Aisha relates, radiallahu anha, that after this we can do Q&A for both the brothers and sisters. Actually, I think we should start with the sisters, ladies first, out of courtesy. Aisha radiallahu anha relates, A man came to the Prophet and said, O Messenger of God, you are more beloved to me than myself, and you are dearer to me than my son. When I am at home and think of you, I can find no peace until I rush to come and see you. But when I think of my death and your death, I realize that when you enter paradise, you will be raised in rank along with the other prophets. And I fear that if I enter paradise, I will not see you. Look at how he's thinking. The Prophet did not say anything to him until the angel Gabriel came down with the following verse. Whoever obeys God and the Prophet, behold, they will be in the company of those that God has granted his favor. The Prophets, the truthful ones, the martyrs, and the righteous. What a beautiful fellowship indeed. This is Surah Nisa, Ayah 69. His concern, look at what, what in terms of dunya, he had this sense of anxiety when he's not around the Prophet. He, he didn't have that sense of peace except when, for when he was in the presence of the Prophet Look at how he's thinking. There's another version of this, Mufti Kamani mentions this, there's a, there's a beautiful video online, Mufti Hussein Kamani from Qanam, where he has the detail that there was one time a man, he came to the Prophet and he asked him, this is in Medina. The man's living in the city of the Prophet. We love to visit Medina. This man is living in Medina. And he goes to the Prophet himself, and he asks him, do we have to go to Jannah? <laughs> the Prophet asks him, what do you mean? He mentions the, the same concept. Well, in Jannah, you're going to end up where? And if I make it there, if I'm fortunate enough to make it there, for the Prophet is guaranteed, for he's saying for himself, maybe. If I make it there, then I'm going to be away at the bottom. So at least here, I have this proximity with you, I'm close to you. But in Jannah, there's going to be so much distance between us. Like th this is what, what's occupying his mind. And the, the Prophet responded with, you'll be with who you love. So the, 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 the point is, there's joy that comes with Islam in this life. And then there's even more joy that comes with Islam in the hereafter. We ask Allah to make this reminder beneficial for all of us. We ask Allah to make us from among those who hear a reminder and take something beneficial from it. <laughs>
Moving on to Q&A, we can go ahead and start with the sisters, brothers, ladies first. I know there are some ladies on this side, but they're a little bit more over here. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. It's a very good question and a very valid question. What's interesting, and this is done intentionally many times in Hadith literature, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. The name's actually not included. So it just says a man. We know who it's from, Sayyidah Aisha, but it, it, it just says a man, SubhanAllah. Uh, which, which is an indication that, you know, this wasn't like a well-known, perhaps it wasn't a well-known companion, but even then because of their love for the Prophet, Allah elevates them in rank because of that. It's a good question. Any other questions? Any? Or even reflections. If anyone has any commentary, any thoughts, uh, I do want to mention while everyone is kind of, you know, the chai had to percolate right now, some people's thoughts I think are percolating too. They're heating up, they're warming up. I want to mention in connection with the second question, God's ayat. Proofs, signs uh, are all around us. Which, which sign brings you the most joy? It's such a beautiful question that also ties in with these ayat. Because as mashallah al-Fasad know, after this passage, this is in Surah Fusilat, Surah 41, ayahs 30 to 36. Literally immediately after these ayat, Allah explicitly mentions other ayat that we can see around us. Uh, women, uh, women My answer to that would have been the, the sun and the moon, right? And, it, and then after I thought, okay, what, what would I answer to this? The sun and the moon. And then it made me think of actually in connection with this passage, afterwards Allah mentions from his, literally, women ayati and from his signs and from his ayat, the, the, uh, the night and the day and the sun and the moon. SubhanAllah, and the alternation, and, and then after that Allah mentions the ayat of the, I think you mentioned when, when uh, seeds are planted in the soil, then وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنَّكَ تَرْلَ SubhanAllah, so there, there are ayat in the book, and then within the book, Allah says, look at the ayat outside of the book, so there can be uh, a healthy osmosis and, and balance uh, between the two. Does anyone have any, any other questions, any other reflections that anybody uh, may want to share before we conclude and then head inside for, for Aisha prayer, inshallah? The chai is still percolating. I should ask you guys, what, what is something that, that any of you appreciate about Islam? Or what is something from Islam that brings you joy or peace of mind or peace of heart in this life? Does anyone have any, any thoughts, any... I'm gonna start calling on people if y'all don't raise your hands. <laughs> I've been a teacher for over 10 years. I have no problem calling on people. Yes, sir, one, then two, then three, go ahead. So, so over here. I want to pick up on the sign that you just recited right now. 
matter what discipline you can take, every single thing seems to lead back. Right? Mm -hmm. That's not just in the study of the religion, mm -hmm. the miracles of the Quran, how did it get these scientific facts right a thousand, four hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. But it's also in the study of the universe. How mm -hmm. come the universe is mechanical? How come that we have tools hanging down in arm's reach? How come mm -hmm. we have rivers that flow? How come we're in the world of conditions? Too hot, too cold. Mm -hmm. How come our ecosystems are perfectly regulated? How come atoms are plump? Atoms are kind of uh, made at such high level, mm -hmm. such perfection, layers, layers that even our fingertips are proportioned. Mm -hmm. That's every single thing needs to back to Allah. Mm -hmm. Any discipline, scientifically, if you go to other religions, they have scriptures that tell about this religion. If you go to other religions, you have the prophets that you fly back to the death of God. If you go to other disciplines and anything else, you can live in this world without thinking you know, without thinking of You get some food in your hand and that's enough for you. But when you start to ask questions and when you have to face the truth, and everybody will have to face it, you won't have much answers to these questions anywhere else. SubhanAllah. So there's so many answers and there's so much richness contained within the Qur'an as well as in the universe and creation. And the Qur'an references, look at, look at creation, go, you know, go travel through, through earth and, and learn and reflect and see and what happened to nations you know, before you. And even in connection with what you're saying, when a person looks at things with lenses of Iman, with eyes of Qur'an, when they see a pomegranate, for example, what, 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 what's an ayah that comes to mind? Or what surah mentions the ayah? Surah Al-Rahman. So when you have eyes of Qur'an, and you see, if you go to the store, you see pomegranates. From one perspective, okay, they're pomegranates, they're nice and red and shiny, and they have a certain shape, and they taste yummy. Cool. But when you have lenses of Qur'an, all of a sudden that same pomegranate becomes a reminder of, Ya Allah, this pomegranate's amazing and delicious, I ask you for even better pomegranates in Jannah. All of a sudden, that pomegranate is a reminder of Qur'an, of Allah's mercy, of Ar-Rahman, of Jannah, of, of, of the, the, the fruits in Jannah. So one of the beautiful things about Islam and the Qur'an especially, it gives more purpose to our lives. It gives us much more depth. It's not, we, live in a, we live in a very materialistic society and world, but especially in this part of the world, there's such a strong emphasis on what you can touch and feel. Right? The material, can you buy it, can you touch it, can you see it, can... All that has its time and its place, but what, what about everything else? In, in the Qur'an, time and time again, Allah mentions عَالِمُ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ right? Allah mentions the unseen before the seen. What we see is very little, but the unseen is, is far more. And we mention like scientific you know, discoveries and, and the evolution of things related to that of atoms and molecules. When you really zoom in and you look at even the construction of it, it resembles to some extent a solar system if you were to zoom out and to look at much bigger things. So if you look at the, these huge things that we see and then even smaller things, it's incredible. When, and then you find the human being like right in the middle, right? Between the smallest and the biggest, if you were to really break it down, you find the, 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 the human being in the middle and in Surah Al-Rahman, over and over and over, right? the responsibility of being a human being, or being from the jinn, the, 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 the weight of, and responsibility of choice and reason. So, Jazakallah Khair for mentioning that. I think that's...
a really good reflection. So one, and then two, so next to you, and then three, the, the sister in the table behind you. So if you can pass the mic. Oh, next to you, to your left. Is that close? short-term the sweetness that's the preview for the long-term <laughs> so there there's benefit both ways subhanallah it was just uh, fun here first what <laughs> you happen to be a school teacher. <laughs> the, 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 I love the, the, the details, uh, the details of more more than one at least three, inshallah. Very good question, and there actually you bring up a very good point that there's so a modern day scholar, an incredible scholar, uh, Sheikh Akram Nadwi, he actually has a book, Al Muhaddithat. 
Sheikh Akram Nadwi, Akram, A-K-R-A-M, as in Mary, Nadwi, and as in Nancy, A-D-W-I. Sheikh Akram Nadwi has this really awesome book called Al-Muhadithat. The entire, it's actually a larger series, but for what's translated, some of it, um, and it's spelled out Al-Muhadithat, you can find it online on Amazon or elsewhere. Uh, Al-Muhadithat are the, the female Hadith scholars. And the entire book, the entire larger collection, is dedicated to that, to those incredible women, those incredible individuals, subhanAllah. One of the reasons why he did that is because for whatever reason, in this day and age or even you know, in, in, in the past, there hasn't been given enough time, enough attention to that component in our tradition. Even nowadays, like within the last few weeks or few months, for, for those of you who are on social media, you've probably seen uh, some kind of video or some post related to this incredible, uh, this really awesome app, Qari app. Qari app. Exactly. Sheikh Maryam Amir. One of the reasons why she wanted to, to make that, to, to do that, to take that initiative, is because that, unfortunately, that segment in our community or, or even in our history is, is often overlooked, right? So things need to be recalibrated, and thankfully that is slowly but surely uh, happening, mashallah. In terms of, so there are also other, there are also other books. One, uh, I think one is called uh, Great Women of Islam. Uh, there's, uh, there's another, uh, there's another book translated by Sheikha Aisha Bewley, B-E-W-L-E-Y. Do you remember the name of it? I don't, but it is by... But you know, yeah, I, I forget the, the... It may have been Women in Medina or Women Around the, the Messenger or something along those lines. So I'm just mentioning this, that there are resources out there. Going back to the original question, I'll mention one, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need <coughs> some of you to... Uh, to help me out with some more names, okay? One that I'll mention is Um Salama. Um Salama, one, one of Um Hadith Mu'minin, one of the, the wives of the Prophet from the, the, from the companions, but of course there's that unique rank of the mothers of the believers, the wives of the Prophet. Um Salama uh, was, and I mean, she was really incredible. She, we were talking about Hudaybiyah, after, like right after Hudaybiyah happens, uh, w within, that, within that time frame, after the treaty is agreed upon and then, you know, both sides are going their separate ways, the Prophet ﷺ, he tells the Sahaba who are there with him that, you know, we still need to cut our hair and sacrifice our animals. And they, they were in a state of shock. That, like, and this, this is rare in the seerah. Usually, the Prophet says, you know, we're, we're, this is the plan and they're, they're the... They're, they're very quick in incredible ways to, to follow and to respond. For them, they were, in, they were in such a state of shock. So this is the exception. They were kind of frozen. They're still processing what happened. So, and, and this was very abnormal. This was very unusual behavior. So the Prophet, he goes back and he consults his wife, Um Salama, who was there with him. And he asks her, what should I do? This is what's happening. And she gives him the advice. Go and do it yourself when they see you physically cutting your own hair, sacrificing your own animal, even if you don't say anything, when they see you doing that, then they're going to follow and do the same. So this 
clutch advice, this really helpful advice, came from her. That's exactly what the Prophet did. And then that's exactly what they ended up doing. So one out of three is Um Salama. Who wants to help me out with another, another name? Um, yes. If we is excluding uh, Khadija and Aisha, then uh, Fatima radiallahu would be uh, the princess of Jannah. Okay, Fatima radiallahu anha. Another one that's like indirect, but not as direct, is that the Prophet says that anyone that enters Jannah, their um, what he calls family, will be united with them. So that would make any of the Ashra and Bashra their wives. So mm-hmm. all of them will also be mm-hmm. in the same rank as them in Jannah, automatically guaranteeing them Jannah mm-hmm. effectively. Um, Okay, that, that's a good point. I need a, so we have, we have uh, Um Salama, we have Fatima. Also, what is Nusayba bin Ka'ab because she took a... Nusayba, so, so that's three. That's three. So Um Salama, Fatima, Nusayba, Islam. Sumayya. The first martyr in Islam. Incredible, like, how, how poetic isn't the right word. But how much wisdom must be contained in the fact that the first believer in Islam, the first person to believe, was Sayyidah Khadija, a woman. The, the, the first martyr in Islam, typically when you think of, of someone dying for a noble cause, typically you, you think of a man, you think of someone on the battlefield. The first, the honor was given to Sumayyah. SubhanAllah. By the way, it's a separate topic, we'll get into it another time who, she had dark skin, she was black. Hajar also had dark skin. It's another topic for another day, but the point is, there in Hajj, you literally have to follow in the footsteps of this incredible black woman, Hajar alayhi salam. And that is a pillar of our deen. My point is, there these ideas, these concepts are often overlooked for whatever reason, but when you take a step back and you look at, there are these incredible women in our tradition. There are these incredible... Uh, uh, figures, right, of including prophets. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, he had dark skin. Another topic for another day, but my point is, as we discover, this is so, the beauty of Islam, the more you learn, the more gems you collect, and the more you love and appreciate it, and the more you reflect, and, and you really start to see things coming together, and you're reminded time and time again that this has to be from Allah, this has to be from God, there's no way that this is man-made. Yes, sir. The rest of the daughters of the Prophet ﷺ, Okay, good. The rest of the daughters of the Prophet ﷺ. The rest of the wives as well, right? Good. So, so we can, so we can compile a list. We have to go for Isha, but we can, we can, we, we should put a. Are you, are you, jotting names down? Are you? I actually, we already discussed this. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned three or more, <laughs> so we, we, we've come up with about 15 different figures. MashaAllah. Huh? Um Ayman. Okay, Baraka Um Ayman, who was, uh, she helped in raising the Prophet. Right? You have Sayyidah Halima, radiallahu anha. Actually, this book mentions many examples. I should, I should you know, crack it open and, and go through some. The wife of Abu Dhar al-Ghitari, okay. So, one more and then we'll go ahead and conclude. When I say one more, one more uh, any, any other reflections, any other um, ideas, any questions or anything that anybody wants to mention in connection as we conclude with the topic, the, the joy of being Muslim, the reward that Allah promises the believers. Does anyone have any, any further reflections, any any thoughts in connection with anything that's been mentioned today? What about for the kids? 
The kids? Okay, so here's, it's a good question. So, so th this is one way to go out with the bang. So what I, by, by the grace of Allah, I've, I've, may Allah accept it from everyone, I've had the chance to teach many kids over many years, alhamdulillah, and the, the, the short and sweet, no pun intended, idea that I give them in Jannah, I tell this to my own kids, in Jannah you get as much candy as you want, and there are no cavities. <laughs> you get whatever you want. You get whatever you ask for. I actually do this as, as an actual exercise, like in Islamic studies class, for example, uh, or a kid's halaqa or something. If they, if they have their materials, right? If they have a notebook and if they have crayons or colored pencils, like I will time and time again ask them, I want you guys to draw, get creative. Draw different things that you want in Jannah. MashaAllah, the ideas these kids come up with is phenomenal. One is like, oh, I want a swimming pool, but I want it to be filled with jello. And I want to like jump off of a cliff into it, but then there's no bottom, and I want to eat my way out. <laughs> so that's what they drew. <laughs> and then that's what they end up sharing with the class. And then other kids are like, wow, I want that too. That's a, I didn't think of that. That's a good idea. Others have, you know, they want this candy that tastes like that candy, and they want a mango, but the inside's a strawberry, and they have... Uh, trees of candy and rivers of chocolate milk and all kinds of, all kinds of creative things. Yes, sir. As we conclude, I would say in terms of youth, um, so two that are from the Jannah is Hassan and Hussein Jannah, and then as for the rewards, specifically those. Say that one more time. Hassan and Hussein. We have the mic. Are considered the Shabab Ahl Jannah, the two youth. Of Hassan and Hussein. Say the Shabab Ahl Jannah. They're the, the leaders of the youth of Jannah, the grandchildren of the Prophet Hassan Hussein. And then um, one thing that I would add to that is that uh, the 74 members of Shaykh of Allah one of them is a youth that grows up upon, um, I think it's a youth who grows up on the deen and then uh, remains on it. Mm -hmm. um, so that would refer to youth as well. Um, there's a couple more seconds that I have at the moment. So there's a whole category dedicated yeah, to, the youth. To, to youth trying their best to be righteous. And of course we also know that if you die like before the age of uh, what we call knowledge, you automatically you, are, yeah. you, you get yeah. in and because your sins are not counted against you. Mm. You're not uh, aware of them, so... So basically, kids are awliya, and we should ask them to make du'a first. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and conclude. Anything you want to mention, sir, before we uh, head off for prayer? Uh, I would I actually want to share my story. <laughs> Please. Yeah, so, uh, just in hearing and answering a lot of questions, uh, one of the things that I thank Allah for is uh, the ability to have a separate heart. You know, we think about and we see evidence of all of these different parts of creation. You know, just a moment ago, I saw a squirrel and how do you love squirrels with the, the uh, whatever scraps that are there, whatever it is? But Allah has gifted us with the ability to find joy in things that are unrelated to us. Mm. Right, so we can look at a child who is not ours, we have no relation to, playing in a distance and get joy from it. We can look at a sunrise and get joy from it. You can smell the uh, good food or good uh, 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 aromas of a meal that we're not going to eat, but it reminds us of our childhood and we get joy from it. So all of these spaces where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted us the ability to find joy in things that are uh, potentially distant from us, but we still get mercy, mercy and still be And then remember Allah in those moments and say, Alhamdulillah, in those moments, 
We even get blessings there. Mm. Uh, so when we have a piece of fruit that we didn't grow, but we're able to pick it from the tree that we didn't plant, and eat it through the teeth that we didn't ask for, and say, Alhamdulillah, we get the mercy and the blessings of that item and of remembering Allah mm. And that's, that's a, a, a gift <laughs> mm. uh, beyond me. Jazakallah, I want to thank everyone for participating in the conversation today and sharing of yourselves and listening to each other. Uh, please keep each other in the du'ar. We are uh, brothers and sisters in Islam, and in that we are support and calls to one another. I want to thank you for leading us through this beautiful lecture uh, and sharing us these, uh, these nuggets of wisdom and reminders of uh, what Allah has promised us both in this life and in the hereafter. I want to thank our dear brothers for reading the Quran for us reminding us of the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such a beautiful name. And inshallah, uh, we're going to pray Isha in about six minutes. Okay. So we're going to be after we close, we gather the food, inshallah, and we'll pray then. Okay, so Hanakum and Bihamlik and Shadow and Thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Oh, <laughs> 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 How are you not the colleague? How are you not? I'm doing good.